0: oh canada i made it Barst- back. <laughs> he made it back not as no longer as native land but he was there barstool how is it going man
1: fantastic fantastic i'm uh kicking it uh kind of had a few extra days off when i got back to recover i was dead tuesday <laughs> uh probably because i spent all monday in an airport um But yeah, it was a, I'm back and it was, uh, it was fantastic.
0: So glad to hear. Yeah. I was following along with you on social media, along with a few other accounts, uh, the guys over at dirty side of the track as well. And just, it was awesome. I almost felt like I was there in a lot of ways, just hearing your, uh, experience as it was going on, take us through kind of, uh, what, what your weekend was like. So we know you had a longer layover at the airport. You know, you went South to go North in Miami, I heard you ran into a few different, um, few different Formula One fans down there while you're waiting to take off.
1: Yeah, I uh, I ran into this one guy named Ian from uh from Texas, and I told him about this podcast. I actually said he'd start listening. So if he's listening <laughs> to this, I'm glad we're out of that Miami airport, bud. <laughs> shout out um, to Ian
0: from Texas.
1: <laughs> yeah, shout out to Ian from Texas, and we uh, you know, we um hung out a couple times at the track. Um, I got to meet the infamous. Uh, other people I got to meet, I met the infamous, uh, Peter Croth, the, uh, the, the marshal from above, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, the Crossroads. um, <laughs> super nice guy, um, gave me a couple goodies to take home that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to get my hands on, so, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was a great weekend, met a lot of new people, um, Funny, there wasn't a ton of Americans up there. I, most of the people I talked to actually were Canadian, but I did uh, meet a handful of American people. It seemed to be a lot of people from Boston and New York City up there. So, okay. if any of those guys are listening to this and remember me? Shout out to y'all! It was great meeting new people up there, and uh, it's a fantastic experience.
0: Nice. So, I gotta ask, you know, it, I Formula One obviously can be huge events. We've had Miami, you know, in the states here. Coda coming up. We got Vegas. Was the vibe in Canada just getting there, like when you arrived, could you actually, I mean, outside of the air, the, the plane itself, let's say when you met some of these fans, just going into Montreal, you know, was it pretty apparent you could tell an F1 race was going on?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I stayed on a really, in a really great spot in Montreal. It's called a, a it's really a street. It's called the St. Saint, Saint Paul or Rue St. Paul, um, and fantastic atmosphere you know walk out of the hotel room and you know Montreal is french canada and uh, it's it's mm-hmm. like walking into uh, the the city center in nice it's like a french <laughs> town half the people you're walking by are natives and the other half are wearing f1 gear and uh i can tell you if you ever do go to an f1 race live and you're out in the city experiencing you know the the venue or uh, not the venue but kind of the host city um if you have any bit of formula 1 apparel on like i didn't even wear f1 apparel out the first night i was wearing jeans and uh, a t-shirt playing it local i was i was wearing an alfa romeo f1 team orland hat from last year and that alone people will pick you out like oh you're an f1 fan you know this is gonna be great you know you become a friend to everyone as soon as they can tell you're there for the race and um you know as far as the rest of the atmosphere um i'll tell you one of the craziest things that i thought while i was up there is you know the the way you get around Montreal and especially to the track is via the Metro system. Mm -hmm. And when the sessions are getting ready to start and you're going through the Metro, it is insane. It was like a sea of F one apparel. It was, (laughs) you know, it was like every, you could tell everyone, like I felt bad for the people that weren't going to the race that were in the Metro because we basically just took up all the space in there. And, you know, it was like a mad dash to the track. It was awesome.
0: When you were saying that there for a second, what I was, my head instantly went to, it's like, I don't know if you've seen that viral video. Actually, I think it was reposted by Barstool Sports a while ago. I think the T-Swift concert was getting out of like Dallas or somewhere. You see people hanging out, hanging out on the Metro and you just see all these T-Swift fans rush in. And that's kind of where my head went right away when you were saying that. So
1: that's absolutely uh, how it was, man. I mean, it was it was insane the amount of people that were there. I'm sure a lot of people have seen the reports from F1GP Montreal, or I think that's their handle. F1GP Canada is the handle for the Canadian Grand Prix and F1, and uh, the record weekend of attendance in Montreal this weekend, 345,000 people, um, incredible mm-hmm. turnout, and I will say, You know, F1, it spends a lot of time in Europe and Asia, a couple races over in this hemisphere. The fans up there love this sport. They were super passionate. I mean, even, you know, checking into the hotel, the guy that was behind the desk wasn't going to the Grand Prix, but he was like, you know, oh, man, I'm working. I wish I could go. You know, it's like everyone knew F1 was there. And like that was Montreal that weekend was F1. Um. It's like all the restaurants that served Heineken, Heineken was a big thing up there. And I, Mm -hmm. honest to God, just to be honest, I never want to drink another Heineken again. I drink way too much Heineken. (laughs) Um, But, you know, restaurants that sold Heineken, they would put these posters out front or these billboards out front of their restaurants that, you know, had an F1 car on them and said F1X Heineken on them, you know, and... You know, everyone, everyone had bought into it and, uh, you know, the local businesses, the local residents, the local government, you know, it was like, you know, everyone was focused on one thing and it was that, that racetrack and those cars going around that racetrack. It was, it was fantastic.
0: Yeah. You, you brought up a a great point there too. I was reading that apparently the ABC, that was the fourth most watched race in, on, you know, North America, I think it was a little over like 1.6 million viewers, which is, you know, big numbers for F1. And when you said that too, I guess my head, you know, it's got to be a unique perspective when you think about it, you know, like imagine if America, we only, United States, we only had one race, you know, if we only had Coda, that race would obviously be slammed, which historically, you know, it, it it had been in some ways
1: 400,000 in the numbers. Yeah, exactly.
0: And same with, with Montreal. So that's, uh, you know, obviously if you're from Canada, that's your race. You got to go to, and it's glad to hear they showed out you know the uh, world
1: the worldwide viewership I if i had to be honest i would attribute that to the track to circuit gil Villeneuve, which by the way <sighs> to a, a general review of the venue circuit gil Villeneuve, is that you can tell visibly that that track has historic significance in the sport i'm trying not to be rude it it definitely mm-hmm. looks like it's been there for a while but it's an excellent facility. And I, and when I say I attribute the viewership to the track, it produced some fantastic racing. I mean, it was, it was a blast watching F1 on that track. And I think, you know, the, the caliber of the racing and the quality of the racing is one of the reasons a lot of people tune into this Grand Prix.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think right now, when you talk about where we are in the season, we got uh, some other great races coming in. I think that the Canada, Canada Grand Prix, Canadian Grand Prix rather, is going to be kind of the catalyst of a, of a great stretch of a lot of good races coming up. And I hopefully yeah. it set, it set that in motion with, with the other stuff, uh, the other races <laughs> to come here. And I got to ask getting their track side, you're going to the practice session. Obviously we had a little bit more of a wet qualifying. Um, oh,
1: man. we had a wet, what was day. that
0: experience like? You know, did you, did you bring a poncho? Do we have to buy one, uh, I track side for 30 bucks?
1: So- I did not. I did not bow down to F1, and it was $15, by the way. It was how much, you know, I, that's one thing I want to talk about a lot in this episode. Mm-hmm. What to expect if you want to go to a Grand Prix, how much stuff costs. $15 at the track. On Rue St. Paul, that area I told you that I was staying in. Yeah. Uh, A lot of little gift shops in there, uh, stopped in one and got one with some little Canadian maple leaves all over it for like $3 and 50 cents American. So, um, either bring rain gear or buy your rain gear away from the track because they will bend you over and have their way with you if you decide to buy your poncho at the track Mm. and it was wet. It was wet. I, um... I will say the first two days in terms of just general attitude for me, I was a bit miserable, but at the same time, you know, you can counterbalance that with the fact that you're there watching F1 and it kind of is like, yeah, you know, I'm soaked to the bone, but I'm watching F1 cars go around the track and in general, I'm happy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Not wrong there. And I'm I'm pulling up the photo you had actually posted right now from uh, the, the prices there at the track. We got, you know, Hot dogs, right around nine bucks. Hamburger, ten bucks. Poutine was thirteen. Fries are six. Chips are four fifty. You know, it, I think drinks there were like six fifty. I know on the dirty side of the track, they said Heinekens were eleven bucks. So definitely some, you know, product wise steep, but not horrible. You know, <laughs> Heineken, not horrible.
1: The, the, so funny little side note about Heineken. You know how Heineken when they when F one advertises Heineken. They have due to the regulations and the rules set forth by F1 advertisement, you're not allowed to technically advertise alcohol. If you notice, look at Carlos signs; He's mm-hmm. advertising for Estrella Galicia, which is a fantastic beer, by the way. 0.0. 0. When they advertised Heineken, it's Heineken. 0.0. 0. Yeah. Um, they were charging the same price for alcoholic Heineken and non alcoholic Heineken. That's one thing that really kind of bothered me this week. And it's like, dude, if I can get a non-alcoholic Heineken for 11 bucks, like I, I don't even know if they sold any of that crap. <laughs> like, who the but, hell would
0: spend that? You know, you know, the funny part is, though, somewhere on the track, someone was responsible for probably grabbing the beers as a race was going on and probably accidentally picked up a Heineken 0-0 at some point, right. You know, and with the amount of people that were there probably happened
1: or were completely oblivious, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not wrong there at all. So progressing more towards, you know, the qualifying yeah. there, which was, which was a wild qualifying obviously to watch as well oh, wow. uh, with that Alex Albon, you know, coming through in the Williams with the, with a, just an absolutely awesome qualifying session um with them you know the surprise in a lot of ways um we obviously get you know hulkenberg was crushing it he ends up getting you know a penalty same similar pen, penalty to daniel ricardo a few years ago for uh going too fast during the red flag which is unfortunate you know he crushes qualifying but just in races never has the pace was there anything in qualifying in particular um that caught your eye before we get into the race here a little bit
1: First of all, I would like to just put a general comment out there about qualifying and just wanted to say that yeah, I'm sure a lot of you guys watch that on TV. I was there in person. It was so much fun watching a wet quali. Um, <laughs> just a general note about the cars. I will say, you know, you can see it on the TV, but my God, when they put out those the, the water spray from the back, I mean, it, it's wild. It's really <laughs> wild. And, uh, I was going full Bryson Sullivan mode a few times and trying to, like, stare at it to see if I could see the little vortexes of the aerodynamics coming off. But, uh, yeah, the general vibe around qualifying, um, it was raining, the stands were packed, the fans did not care about the rain, and we were there to watch qualifying, and qualifying delivered, um it was really cool you could see visibly and everyone was watching this on tv how the track dried out for a bit and, you know it was like this whole do we do slicks it, what what screwed charles leclerc you know do we do the slicks do we stay on the intermediates blah 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 that was so interesting having that element play into it and um i think when hulkenberg went p2 um towards the end of q3 uh the reaction from the crowd, at least where I was sitting, was like an audible gasp. It was like, <gasps> what? <laughs> it's like, whoa, whoa, how did that happen? You know, I mean, it was really cool just listening to the fans react live to the action on track. And, um, yes, as a, as a Ferrari fan, I was bummed to see what happened with Carlos and Charles. You know, Carlos with a lack of, uh, lack of attentiveness from his engineer, you know, causing him to nearly get in a big accident. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in Charles, you know, his, the team not listening to his request for softs at the time he wanted it to, it was disappointing seeing that in person, but, uh, really, really fun session to watch live, man. It was, uh, man, that was awesome. Uh, did not get as wet on quality day as I did the first day with free practice one and free practice two. Cause, uh, a, it is hard rain during that first day, the second day quality, it was like a steady, persistent rain that stopped for maybe 20, 30 minutes that allowed mm-hmm. that fantastic qualifying to happen. So I mean, oh man, it was uh definitely loved being able to watch a wet qualifying in person. I've been to about 13 different grand prixs around the world. That was the first time I've been able to see a wet quali and I would prefer it to a dry one.
0: Okay. Okay, good good to know going forward and I got to ask too cuz your journey here I'm having a hard time recollecting here. So qualifying gets wet, you're at the track you mosey your way back, you you leave. What do you do after? Do you rally? Are you going out in Montreal? Are you changing your clothes? What was the rest of, of that day like before we uh, go to the actual race again here? So
1: after quali, um, I pretty much went home. Uh, <laughs> I, I went back to the hotel. I uh, caught a little bit of rest. You know, I laid down for a bit because I will tell you one thing about the Canadian Grand Prix. If you're planning on going in the future, bring good shoes you are going to walk i think there was one day i was there that i looked at my apple watch after i was done and i'd walked 12 miles
0: whoa like definitely got got the steps in
1: now that's at the track and in montreal because there's not you don't take at least where i was staying you don't drive anywhere you just walk and like Mm -hmm. you know even if you simply wanted to go to McDonald's, 0.6 miles. I mean, you're not walking like 10 miles to anything in the city, but, you know, you walk to McDonald's. Oh, I want to go down to this pub and grab a beer. That's another 0.4. Oh, I need to go, uh, you know, I want to go get a gift for my dad because it's Father's Day's coming up, and I'm going to bring him a memento from the track, 0.6 miles. And so by the time you get back to your hotel, you go get dinner, drinks, pill around for a little bit, they're, you're tacking on another couple miles just, you know, in your evening and so yeah bring good shoes and bring a lot of extra socks if the weather looks wet because uh i almost ran out of socks almost ran out of socks and they <laughs> i mean they would get soaked through the first two days in five minutes
0: <laughs> well well you survived i'm glad you didn't walk through your shoes uh solely there <laughs> um, yeah but uh, that's that's definitely good to know you know uh especially if you know you're considering that fresh pair of shoes probably is not a bad idea and uh progressing a little bit more towards race day how did the atmosphere change between race day and uh qualifying was it was it literally night and day obviously i know the rain wasn't as much of an issue but what was it from your end like
1: there was a short spurt on sunday for the race of rain and it was like it felt like it misted for five minutes maybe it was a I was glad to have a dry race day because it kind of let me, okay, I don't have to worry about getting soaked. I can just sit here and watch some racing. And um, race day's atmosphere, and we're, I'm going to go back to the metro system because, you know, I, that's what I, I took it everywhere. It was fantastic. Montreal has an A plus, you know, grade A metro system.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I thought it was crazy going to qualifying with all the fans and the tunnels going to the trains and everything. Race day, it was like someone just, like, poured crack on the whole operation. It just, like, it was insane.
0: Everyone um, was shotgun Red Bulls ready to roll.
1: <laughs> oh, man, I tell you what, some F1 fans do know how to drink for sure. And it was it was crazy, the race day atmosphere. Um, getting to the track, once you got to the main hub of Circuit Gilville, enough, you have to walk over a bridge to get to the actual race track. I know everyone knows it's on an island. Um, because you, everyone, when you watch the stream, you can see it on the little track layout, uh, demonstration and, uh, man, it, oh man, race day was crazy. Um, I will say, and if you look at my Twitter, you can see dirty side of the track, uh, Rob from dirty side of the track comment to me, I didn't end up getting to meet up with him partially because of the rain and partially, you know, cause race day just gets so crazy. It's hard to get around. And mm-hmm. so like, if, if you're, if you get to the track and you're like, okay, I have two hours till the first till the session I want to watch. I want to go get some food, grab a beer or a drink, you know, walk around and see the sights, and then sit in my seats. You need to get to the track and go, you need to start talk, ticking those things off the list. Cause it's uh you, you gotta, you gotta go through your own little adventure just to get back to your seats after you decide to leave them. But it, that kind of makes it fun. You know, I mean, it, it adds a, an air of adventure to the whole thing. And You know, I tried to walk, you know, for for content purposes and for my own purposes, I tried to walk around every area of the track. You know, I I went to the fan zones. I went to the food truck court. You know, I went and saw the Heineken Terrace, which was a fantastic facility. Um, Went to the Monster Energy area. You know, I mean, there's some really cool stuff to see aside from the racing. Um, Got to see the World Championship trophy. Got to see the 2022 show car.
0: That's awesome. You
1: know, there's tons to do there. And if I had to make a recommendation, don't try to plan your trip just to get there for the session. You know, go go, with, go closer to when the track opens. Um I, I believe it was 8:30 at Circuit Gil Villeneuve and I would usually get there somewhere in between 9 or 10. Okay. And give me some time to go scope everything out cuz you know I wanted to report back to people and let them like like this, like what we're doing right yeah. now. I wanted to let them know what I experienced. And uh F1 does a great job of putting together a weekend and uh the rain, yeah, kind of put a little bit of a damper on things. It made things wet and muddy and a little gross, but, you know, that's I, I choose not to really complain about that because, you know, what am I going to do about the weather? All you can do is complain. I can't change it, so, you know, you just deal with it. And uh, <laughs> um, I did buy merch. I would like to report on the pricing about how that went. So I'll, oh, I'll even,
0: here we go. Here we I'll go. I'll even
1: give people a rundown um, on what I bought and how much it cost me. So I bought four items. I bought the white Charlotte Claire Grand Prix Monaco hat. I bought a Fernando Alonso baseball cap, <clears throat> Aston Martin cap, the official team hat with his logos on it for my buddy, Matt McNaughton. Shout out to Matt. I wish you could have come with me. Um, and my girlfriend is a Red Bull fan. And so I, uh, I got her the Max Verstappen make it a double world championship t-shirt, which is a Navy blue and gold shirt that kind of, you know, shouts out Max for his titles. Um, mm-hmm. so, and, and that's the fourth thing I got was the Scuderia Ferrari 2023, uh, the most expensive outer layer you can get, you know, the soft, the soft shell rain jacket. Um, it cost me $400 to buy four items so i just wanted to put that in perspective with people if you are going to go to a race and you are like i am dead set on buying merch at the track you need to prepare yourself it is not cheap it by Mm -hmm. any stretch of the imagination it's going to cost you um i'm still glad i did it because you know i was able to bring back a memento for my girlfriend that really meant a lot to her since she's just now getting into f1 old Miss barstool and uh, my buddy yeah. Matt. I was able to get him a hat, which made me feel good because you know I he's been in F one for a couple years now, and I got him into it, and so it was kind of cool. Like, man, I got this guy in F one. I'm getting to go to a Grand Prix. I'm going to bring him something home. It's going to cost, and um, y- you know they have excellent shops at the track. But if I'm going to be honest, I'm kind of kicking myself in the butt because I priced out my order online when I got home and it was about 70 to 80 dollars cheaper than I spent at the track. So
0: um that's a supply and demand thing though and I think for the nostalgia it's probably worth the money obviously you know so I was
1: with a guy I was with an Asian fellow from the UK that was studying in the UK and he had come to Montreal to watch the race and he didn't come with any merch. He never had bought F1 merch before and he had to buy he bought a Lewis, not, not a Lewis Hamilton, a Mercedes t-shirt. Not the team polo, the team t-shirt. And he bought the white one, uh, which I'm, I kind of encouraged him to do just because I told him I thought it was cleaner. And he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and he bought it, and it set him back $130 for a t-shirt.
0: Is that the it's, like, it's classic kind of, that. that's the white one with like almost like the stripe around the neck that Lewis Hamilton always kind of rocks?
1: Yeah, the one the or the Tommy Hilfiger uh, stripe yeah, okay. on the shirt and on the on the cuffs. Yeah, that yeah. shirt is
0: pretty. That shirt is pretty swaggy. So I would not. I would not say that was a horrible purchase. Obviously, you know he's yeah. not getting some uh, some wife beater tea quality or something no, like that. And, so
1: you know, like I said, they had fantastic shops. The staff was very helpful. I didn't encounter a single staffing issue at this Grand Prix. The people that were running the thing, the security guards were really nice. They, you know, I've heard reports that sometimes, you know, like I've, honestly, in Austria and some in Belgium, uh, you know, they kind of, you know, are shoving fans through the queue and, you know, being really rough and aggressive. I did not experience that. Other people may have, and that's fine. I did not. They were very kind if you were confused about where something was and went up to them, they were more than helpful and let you know where you needed to go. I, you know, it was the staff at this event was all around fantastic, including the store staff. And, um, you know, I've bought F1 apparel before online and it's cool, but you do kind of get a sense of inclusion and involvement buying it at the track. I, Mm -hmm. that may be weird to some folks, but it was like, I'm at a race buying the merch at the race. It's like the difference between, you know, holding up a Ferrari polo and going, "Yeah, I bought this on Amazon." And then holding up a, a Ferrari polo and going, "Yeah, I bought this at the Circuit Gil villeneuve during the 2023 Canadian Grand Prix." It makes it more of a memento. Yeah. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I could definitely see that. And I think I, I think going back to your security guard point, Canadians are pretty calm, happy people in the most most place anyways. So, you know, I don't think you can uh I would be really shocked if they were pretty rude. It probably would have been a horrible day for that person in general. Um Yeah. But yeah, they, good they, good they were hear great that reporting back, Barstool. Yeah. Um let's make our way to, to obviously, you know, the race here, you know, what turn again were you at? What were you expecting going into it? We know you're a Ferrari fan. Obviously, it looks like they executed their strategy very well compared to where they qualified at least from the average fan's perspective. Um Take us through the race day itself. And, uh, you know, maybe the – the. I think we were chatting just a little bit before here. Um, The hero and maybe the zero of the weekend, if you will. <laughs> the yeah, MVP and the LVP. I'll go, on, I'll go on a little bit
1: of a spiel about that for sure.
0: All um, right, one, one thing I got to say here really quick, Barstool. Let me ask you this because I got to say if you were watching a race here – would you were you say that you actually could listen to it while the race was going on itself from where you were? Did you have a good idea of what the laps were and everything like that before we get into the race itself?
1: Yeah. So that was actually a perfect way to segue in. I'll talk about where I was sitting and how that. Worked. Yeah. So um, one of the reasons I was really happy with my seats is that there was a massive TV right across the track from me. That would show you all that stuff you wanted to know. What was the laps? What are the positions of everyone? And you could kind of get a sense of the action that was going on around the rest of the track. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was nice to have. Um, for anyone that was wondering exactly where I was at, I was at the hairpin. Um, not directly at the hairpin, but, you know, the hairpin kind of comes in, makes it go around, and then it kind of, you know, starts going down the straight. Um, I was the first grandstand when it kind of became a straight and, um, which was cool because you could even see the cars on across the way going into the hairpin. Uh, but then you'd get to see them come out. And, uh, so they, you know, you were getting a look at one of the more fun turns of the track, great overtaking zone, but then you were also getting when they passed you the speed. And, uh, that's a comment I'll make real quick is for anyone who hasn't been to an F1 race, The TV streams are great, but they do not do the noise or the actual speed of those cars any justice. Mm -hmm. Um, Those guys haul ass, to just put it plainly. And um, that was fantastic. I got to see – I I even moved grandstands during the race, by the way, because someone gave me a ticket. So I went over to the second chicane, not the first one after turns one and two. But the second one that feeds the, the straight going into the hairpin, um, I think I like the original seats the best because of the screen and being able to monitor the rest of the progress. But in terms of what you're seeing, like in front of your face on the actual track, that was an awesome spot because you got. Um, I'll I'll send you a picture after this, or I'll post it even. But, um, you could see the entire skyline of Montreal in the background and then just this nice, you know, tight little chicane that jogs through the, you know, jogs through the track. Awesome Mm -hmm. spot. And, uh, it was really awesome. If you want to delve into a little bit about who I root for, I was honored to be at a race where I got to see Leclerc drive a comeback drive like that from 10th to 4th, um, amazing. And, uh, I, you know, watching that whole race was awesome. The driver's parade was really cool. Um, I was in turn uh, grandstand 31 for the driver's parade, which was at that chicane I mentioned
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, George Russell's uh, car cut right through the chicane, um, and went right in front of the stands. And, uh, you know, you could, it was awesome. And, uh, I, it, as far as race day is concerned, the last cool thing, I guess, was after the race is over, um, everyone sees on TV, you know, the drivers go into the cool down room and then they do a podium ceremony. And when the TV goes over the podium ceremony, there's always a bunch of fans on track. Yeah. Getting on the track after the race is almost alarmingly easy. You, know, Interesting. you just, there's just little cut throughs everywhere that, you know, the marshals use to get the cars off. If they wreck, you, they're open. You just walk right in. And uh, I ended up walking the entire circuit, Gil Villeneuve. I actually got a little bit of tire rubber here in my hand right now that I picked up off the side of the track. <laughs> cool little uh, memento of the weekend. But uh, yeah, it was uh, overall race day was like it, Friday and Saturday were freaking cool. Saturday or Sunday was electric. It was it was mad.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I'm surprised, though, with the security, it's that easy to get into. You think of back to like the Australian Grand Prix where it's like fans were already on the track before the race was almost over in some ways.
1: Yeah, it seemed like they did control that pretty well. Um, I will say that once the fans were on the track, it was like all the staff didn't exist except Marshalls. I saw Mm Marshalls around the track, but uh, there was no security guards. There were some F1 TV personnel that were sitting with all their equipment waiting on a vehicle to come pick them up. Um, there wasn't a single security guard. I mean, er, weed is legal in Montreal. I mean, there was dudes like straight up smoking joints on the track,
0: <laughs>
1: and uh, you know, smoking cigarettes and leaving beer. Is, here's a, getting in a little bit of the negative stuff I experienced. You know, leaving beer cans on the side of the track and trash and cigarette butts, and you know, I mean, it, I enjoy being able to walk the track. That's all I'm going to say. And I absolutely did go to the turn. Uh, the sh- the first chicane that George Russell hit the wall in, tried to find a piece of carbon fiber from that accident and was not successful. But I really wanted to pick up a piece of carbon fiber, couldn't find one. So,
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. hey, you tried, man, you tried. Uh, yeah. Let's. So I gotta say back from my end. So I'm watching the race. I actually tuned into Daniel Ricardo's grandstand, um, which obviously you probably weren't there with with watching the race track side there. I wish. And it was with. <laughs> it was with will arnett i will say this i was pleasantly surprised in some ways but they brought in other actors and, and I, at one point marshawn lynch was on Allen there on there yeah, yeah yeah which was great it it wasn't as it was weird because i think daniel ricardo's got a little bit of add going on but but i don't say he's all over the place but he's like really focusing on what was going on in the race and Will Arnett to me. I thought it was good overall. Will I watch again? Probably. But long story short, I can't think of the guy's name. They fudged up his name at a previous race in Miami. It's the guy who plays um the lead doctor on Grey's Anatomy. I can't think of the guy's name right now. But
1: Patrick Dempsey?
0: Patrick Dempsey, yeah. Patrick yeah. Dempsey was on there. Halfway through the show, I go, Patrick Dempsey needs to be here all the time. He He's almost fantastic. Yeah, he knows so much about F1. I'm like, this guy should be on here 24-7, and and Will Arnett well, was good, kind of kept the pieces together, but I was like, man, Patrick Dempsey thing, knows what he's talking about.
1: The thing about Dempsey is that he actually is a half-owner of a World Endurance Championship Porsche team, and mm. he's also raced before. Yeah,
0: he's been to he's 24 a familiar, hours a
1: month. He's a familiar face, and I mean, he's raced Porsche GT Cup cars before, which, I mean, you know, it's... he. I, I really enjoy having his presence in the motorsport community. He provides really insightful information. that's easy to understand. And he's a familiar face to folks, you know, and, uh, yeah, I actually, uh, something that I'm kicking myself in the butt for every day is one time the, the area I was in staying, like my housing was in was so popular. I, uh, I had, um, I wanted to go outside and get some air. I left my phone charging on my bed, and I walk out of my hotel room, and it's Daniel Ricardo and Patrick Dempsey walking down the road.
0: Oh my gosh! And you didn't go after
1: him? I got a high five, but I didn't have a phone to take a picture, and I'm so pissed that I didn't oh, have. A
0: man, picture. hey, you but, got a memory um, though. You got a memory. But uh,
1: (laughs) it's great having characters like that come on, though, and and talk about the sport and kind of show you that, yeah, this guy, you know, he does some World Endurance Championship stuff. He he was an actor on Grey's Anatomy. You know, he's a familiar face. Everyone kind of knows who he is, you know, involved in the weekend and being there and his presence. you know it just adds another layer to the experience.
0: Yeah, I would not doubt it at all. And I, I will say I will watch it. I definitely watch the Grand State again. Worth watching. A little bit different, though, because in the moment you don't know as much of what's going on because they're they're not really taking takes from other people. It's just them watching. And even during the race, they're like asking basic questions like Will Arnett was asking basic questions as like important stuff's going on, which was slightly annoying. But I would definitely watch again. Uh, We It reminded
1: me of uh, of uh, Peyton and Eli Manning's the thing that they do with football absolutely
0: yeah Yeah. that's a great way to put it too i would i would like to see maybe another former driver hop in there as well you know that would be a nice perspective
1: i have a list of names
0: okay well we'll we'll have to submit that after this uh yeah uh, (laughs) um we did i did post on the daily racing stories that was a question from mac just the thoughts regarding it we'll get back to your zero or hero here for the weekend but the other question here that we had from uh johnny burner That doesn't sound like a burner account at all. Johnny burner (laughs) was um, thoughts here. Who is more likely to get booted from their seat first? DeVries or Sargent? And I'm, I have to imagine this is referring to after this race here. Uh, And there's been that swirl here. Now, speaking of Daniel Ricardo, good segue into, he would possibly consider going back to Alpha Tari, possibly to recharge back to a Red Bull seat. Barstool, I know you got a breadth of um, or a depth to you when it comes to uh, these takes here. What are your thoughts with this? And better yet, either of those drivers get replaced, Ricardo possibly with DeVries. Who do we see replacing Sargent, even if that happens on top of it?
1: So I'm going to go ahead and do my hero or zero because it kind of offers a segue into this.
0: All right, we'll, we'll circle around.
1: My hero was Charles Leclerc. I know there is a little bit of bias in that, but he drove a fantastic race, going from nearly out of the points to well into the points. Ferrari had a great points haul. My zero was Nick DeVries. Um, I actually had two zeros. It was Nick DeVries and then Hulkenberg and Haas because Hulkenberg qualified P2 and came in at the near back of the grid. Um, If I'm going to be honest, I could see DeVries getting replaced before Logan Sargent. Um, the reason being is because, yeah, they're both racers. DeVries was supposed to come in with the experience needed. He is a Formula E champion. He had been racing for a very, very long time. And, um, Logan Sargent's much more of a purebred rookie. I know he's raced in F3 and F2 and all that, but he's much more of a purebred rookie. Um, We've seen him race for seven races. You can't boot a guy like that after seven races for Mm -hmm. racing like a rookie. That's what he's expected to do. I expected a lot more out of DeVries, and obviously I think Ricardo would be his replacement. Now, as far as if Logan Sargent was the one to go, who would replace him? the talk around the paddock is Mick Schumacher and I actually could see that. I don't think that's really like a terrible take because Toto's a Mercedes guy. Toto is also in Mick's corner and, um, you know, Williams has this, they're not, it's, it's not like AlphaTauri and Red Bull where AlphaTauri is clearly the junior team, but they very much operate a lot of times as a Mercedes junior team. And, um, you know, with Toto's influence, I I, I just think uh, Logan Sargent deserves much more of a chance than Devries, and I mm-hmm. also think that Sargent is better than Mick Schumacher. There's been a lot of debate on that on Twitter. My explanation would be: Yeah, he hasn't gotten a lot of good results, but Mick Schumacher had also by you know caused two million dollars worth of damage for Haas to fix. Logan Sargent hasn't necessarily done that. He's gotten the car across the line. The times that it's failed, it's mostly been mechanical DNFs. Um, you, you know, I, I think Sargent deserves much more of a chance. I think a lot of the talk about him going ahead and getting axed has to deal with, I hate to be this guy, but it has to deal with the fact that he's American. And a lot of people just, you know, kind of have a, oh, he's an American, you know, kind of attitude.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I mean, we at the end of the day, we don't know how quick or how itchy these uh higher ups, if you will,'s trigger fingers are to uh pulling the trigger and getting rid of these people, you know. Nick DeVries obviously that you know, the least competitive driver in the one of the least competitive cars, especially with you know being the Red Bull B team, if you will. Obviously if Checo is still struggling and the thought of Daniel Ricardo coming in even crosses Helmut Marco or Christian Horner's mind yeah, I don't see him do that. Chatting with some other Red Bull fans, you know, in the group that we're in seemed like they would have rather had that seat come up to maybe some, some younger talent, if you will, to hopefully, you know, generate that. I
1: don't want to, I don't want to use the name of that guy that dropped the N word on his Twitch stream, but it, it was yeah, he doesn't Lawson. deserve
0: any credit. He he should be, he should be shadow banned. So, uh, but there's, there's yeah. probably names obviously out there. Um, uh, what's so. that
1: one guy, uh, Dennis Hauger, um, uh, Iowasa. Um, you know there are there are some really good guys in F2 right now which you know is that we could have a whole other podcast about you know what kind of talent we expect to come into F1 in the next five years but um, yeah I mean there's other options too other than Ricardo and that's you know talking about Red Bull that's another reason I think DeVries is more likely to get replaced first is because yeah you can call Williams and Mercedes junior team Alpha is a legit Red Bull junior team. Yeah. And helmet Marco and Christian Horner have a lot more say over what happens with Alpha AlphaTauri than Toto does with Williams, mm-hmm. for example. And so yeah. the likelihood of the move getting completed and the business dealings and business proceedings being handled and actually making a switch happen, the switch is much more likely to happen from the Red Bull camp than the Mercedes camp.
0: Yeah. And call me crazy here with this take, okay? Might be a little bit hot and I'm, Red Bull also congrats to Red Bull 100th win huge especially when you consider when their yeah especially when you consider their first one was, was Sebastian Vettel and now we got Max Verstappen with the, as many wins also as senna um which is which is insane to think about I believe I the stat was something crazy, like eighty percent of the time Max Verstappen's on pole position, he wins a race, which is nuts. You're
1: talking about pole to conversion, exactly. To conversion yeah, race, which yeah, is nuts. That's a number.
0: Yeah, but back to my other point the the person I actually could see replacing uh, at that future Red Bull seat. I'm not. I don't want to talk out of turn here with with it. But talk about a guy who had an amazing race. we were talking about qualifying Albon. And Williams F1 USA, he, he had a great tweet recently about it actually earlier today where he's saying, I
1: saw that one. Yeah, I agree. You it was know, excellent.
0: Albon to drive 40 laps with no mistakes, no lockups, no deep corners, no miss lines, all while getting attacked by cars that are faster than him. Driving that is Williams, the best performance yeah. driving a Williams. That's the best performance you can possibly get, which to me, he's you know, my driver of the true. week.
1: All you have to do is look at the Williams floor and see how simple that car is, and know that he did a great job. I mean, yeah,
0: fantastic. If if he keeps surging there, he could be a dark horse to go back to Red Bull. Would he ever do that? I don't know, but you know, it's that's the that's the beauty of F one. It can be a carousel in a lot of ways with drivers swapping around.
1: He's he's with Williams now, but that he is associated with the brand. Yep. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, not wrong there. So uh that's all i got on my end from this time here any other final thoughts comments or anything related to your weekend in montreal f1 in general or anything like that
1: i had planned for this question and the the only real thing i have to add is that if you if you have the opportunity to go to a grand prix in person absolutely do it just just go i mean it's going to cost you money whether it's you know travel expenses, you know airfare or whatever, housing expenses, tickets, it is worth it. It is a hundred percent worth it, and I would encourage any fan, whether they're a season fan that's been watching on TV for years and hasn't gone, or a new fan that's wondering what a Grand Prix in person experience is like, it is worth the cash. Um, maybe not Vegas cash, but um, it, it's <laughs> it's worth it to try to get yourself there. And you know there are races like Miami and Vegas, but there are also races on the calendar that are very affordable to go to. Um, Mexico, Brazil, Kota, um, Canada. Um, I know for the Europeans that Monza, Belgium, Zandvoort, Austria can all be pretty affordable places to get to and to buy tickets for. You just just go; it's so worth it and. All it'll do at the end of the day, if it does anything, is strengthen your position as a fan of the sport. And, uh, and no, I'm not talking cloud. I'm talking about how you view the sport. You know, you're gonna, you're gonna know even when you go back home and watch the next race on TV. You're gonna know what it's kind of like being there and how incredible it is. And um, one of the best parts about the whole thing, if I had to dumb it down, is just being around people that love the same thing you do. And, uh, being, I mean, like I, like I said earlier in the podcast, you know, you have a a little bit of a on whether it be a full get up or just a hat. you are everyone's friend. And, um, there's memories that, you know, you'll make that you will keep for a lifetime. Like my last night after the race, I was out on Rue St. Paul getting a sandwich and a beer and I watched six, um, very intoxicated Max Verstappen fans in Dutch flag themed, uh, Um, Sport jackets, dancing to a saxophone player, uh, playing Sweet Caroline in the middle (laughs) of the street. And I mean, it's just it's stuff that you will implant in your memories and never forget. And, um, you know, if, if you can go and don't, you're doing yourself a disservice
0: hey great words there i completely agree with all of it and i and i uh, it was you know i gotta imagine in a lot of ways f1 it's almost like a nerddom like it's like a huge fandom where it's a mecca where everyone's going and it's like a damn and the,
1: comic-con yeah
0: <laughs> and, the, and the best part probably is though it's like you know people like myself i've been watching f1 for the last few years it's like man i'm gonna go all out i might be i might be the guy that's got a you know some crazy uh f1 ferrari hat or something nuts like that it's actually like the car and it's 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 awesome to see I people's passion guy, and it's something way, that's he, underrated.
1: He, he, I met that old guy by the way, he is awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's about he might be as much de- of a celebrity the in the F1 world as uh, Daniel Ricardo. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Well, okay. hey, thank you so much Barstool for coming back on. Always appreciate the conversations and especially this one more than anything. Your insight has been awesome and uh definitely motivating me to go to a race and to be honest, I Looking at prices right now, with the exception of Hungary, which looks like one of the more affordable races in Europe, uh, I am definitely dead set on going to Montreal next year. That's that's going to be my trip. Way more hey, than we Miami. A, we should
1: get a group together, man. I'll, I mean, if, hey, I'm, if, if I'm still down, I'll go.
0: <laughs> 100%. We definitely need to. So uh, appreciate it as always. Take care and uh, look forward to uh, more conversations, my man.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. Anytime, anytime.